Right, welcome to it. You're watching Stockwatch this week. I'm Zinatu Guma here to wrap up your week in the markets today. I'm joined by Tamsanga Neta from Shiloh Capital. Tamsanga, it seems like for both of us, it was quite a surprise that we're on air because we were chatting off air. <laughs> 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 but, uh, <laughs> cool. So let's start off with uh, the big news, macro. Um, it was really interest rate central this week with the Fed um, uh, releasing its minutes. The uh, ECB also um, uh, with its minutes out yesterday and yesterday we also had the MPC coming out with its interest rate decision. But looking at those market movement, uh, movements it was mostly green. So would you say that this week really triggered a win what could be a winning streak f uh, for markets? Well I think it's accurately pricing the market. So we've lived in a world of low interest rates and uh, extended credit. Now things are being corrected. Uh, the, the, the bad blood is being washed out of all the systems. Uh, people who've, who've made inappropriate credit decisions are going to have to pay for that. Um, the interest rates are always going to have an impact on markets. Uh, there's going to be rebalancing of portfolios and how people will see the best places to get returns because that in, impacts the expected returns on, on equities and other asset classes. So I think all in all, uh, we're in for some pain overall, but that that pain will clean out any sort of of excesses that were currently built into the market over the past couple of years. All right. Talking about the readjustments and the fact that the bad blood is being washed off the markets, but still, we're still going to see some pain out there. Uh, yesterday, we had a very interesting question that is this a good time to enter the market? And yeah, I want you to answer from both sides. Is it a good time to enter the market? But also, should you be leaving at this point? Yes. So the, a good time to enter the market is never a question of uh, uh, today. So timing the market is always a terrible activity. What you've got to make and accept is that you're looking for returns. And the best place to find those returns are on assets that you understand, that have a foreseeable cash flow, and that are priced accurately. I think outside of that, uh, you're just trying to time the market and most people who do that get slaughtered. Yeah, all right. There's actually an interesting question here. Is it not better now to pay off your bond with the high interest rate than later when the interest rate goes lower by stocks again? Um, yeah, the interest rates are high. And I mean, I, I can imagine homeowners are feeling a lot of pain at the moment. Uh, for the first time, I'm actually glad that I'm not a homeowner. Um, so yeah, <laughs> is it a good time to um, pay off your bond now um, so that you can maybe feel less pain if you actually are liquid enough? Um, and then when the stocks do go lower, as you say that we maybe are due for more pain, then go back to stocks again. Again, those are two different things, yeah. uh, investing in stocks and versus paying off your mortgage. Uh, I think it's always good to, to reduce your liabilities uh, meaningfully, uh, whether interest rates are high or low. And the question assumes that, uh, or I assume the question is speaking about you have an access bond and you pay off and then you can dip into that money to invest again later. Yeah. Um, again, it speaks to us timing the market. You, you are assuming that the market will go down now or it will go up later. Uh, both of those things could be proven to be untrue in future. Uh, if we had a crystal ball, we'd all be very, very rich. But I think we've got to accept that these are two separate outcomes. If you have the liquidity to pay off your home and reduce that liability, go ahead and do so. Uh, yes, there's the opportunity cost of using that money in the markets. But trying to time the markets with that capital is also uh, a, a terrible move to make. What you've got to look at is investment principles and follow those principles regardless of 
the state of the market or the economy. Yeah. All right. Um, of course, with uh, everything that we've seen, uh, the uh, oil price has come down again. Do you think it will remain at these levels? Uh, what price should we look at buying Sasol? So uh, the last time I checked, the oil price was below, at some point, $90 a barrel. Um, of course, um, lots hanging on that, including hopes that China um, will ease on the COVID-19 restrictions. I'm not sure how that's going to go because we have had uh, more bad news on that front with the first deaths in months that China saw this week. Um, so, yeah, how do you feel about uh, going into Sasol at this time? Yeah, look, I think the, the general oil market is quite is quite unique in that we have a scenario in which Russia is selling oil at very discounted prices to two big consumers, which is India and China. And they're settling that in Remimbi. So a, a large portion of the oil that's being sold and bought is outside of the petrodollar market. So the pricing of that is now being determined by other factors being the U.S. and the rest of the world demanding uh, the asset. We can't say in future when Russia will re-enter the market and if they will do eventually. So uh, I, I think it's not a wise thing to try and price time Sasol. I think what you've got to look at is their free cash flows, look at their management, look at their products, look at the future of what they're trying to do and how they operate and come to a reasonable valuation. And on that basis, make an investment. I think trying to pro predict what OPEC, Russia, and the rest of the world will do, I think, is is not going to assist in your investment profile. Yeah, what's that all? I mean, um, we've we've seen that stock um, in quite a good position because of where the oil price has been. Uh, but do you think that bullishness with Sasol, like how much have the operations actually factored? into the, the pricing of the stock because um, with their last, the, their recent updates, it seemed like they were going through a lot of significant operational challenges. Yeah, I think they, they've decided, what I appreciate about Cecil Management is they've decided to take the pain up front. So when the share was all the way down to 30, 20, they took the pain, they sold off non-core businesses, for example, the explosives business. They got rid of things that they didn't feel were core to get back to focus on what they do best. And I think they took a lot of pain for that. And now they're trying to course correct accordingly. And I, I, our view is that they're going to do it well, um, or at least reasonably well in the midterm. We, we don't know how they're going to do in the long term. But I think having taken the pain up front is proving them right. And I think it's a, it's a source for all companies globally, especially if you look at the tech space as well, that companies are now having to correct uh, a lot of decisions they've made historically in a completely different environment that catered for that amount of hubris. Yeah, all right. Uh, there's a question here. Do you think that investing into artificial intelligence stocks such as C3AI would be a wise investment today? And how long do you think it will hold for? Uh, so artificial intelligence, C3AI, I'm not sure if you are familiar with the C3AI. This is the first time I am hearing about it, Tammy. Uh, but just in general, um, <laughs> but just in general, um, yeah, just artificial. I mean, it, it, it seems like a good idea because all we are hearing about is AI and how everything is. I, I mean, just even looking at what Mark Zuckerberg is doing at Meta, that's the direction that the world is going in. Well, I, I, I think largely it has to do with data sets. 
So how 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 they crawl through the clouds and how they look at 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 how to predict data, which is one of the things Amazon does really well. They recognize your your patterns and your spending patterns and try and predict how you're going to how you're going to do it going forward and and then they move their supply chain to prepare for that. So I think in that in that sort of space, predictive data is going to be meaningful. Um, I'm not sure in the other spaces we're looking at um, whether AI will be or won't be a profitable investment. Uh, the specific company they're looking at, I think, again, it comes down to the fundamentals of investing. Uh, where is the company going? What are its cash flows? Who are its clients? From what I'm reading here, it looks like Google is one of Google Cloud is one of the big clients. So that's a meaningful client to have for an AI business. So I think if if you are into technology investment and you understand it, uh, you then can analyze that business and make an investment decision based on its valuation and price. But as a market of, for for a product, uh, artificial intelligence is very broad. Um, and Kathy Wood is a huge advocate for it, but she's mm. taking a lot a big beating for yeah. the punt towards it. So I think I think it's more company specific, more than industry specific, and what quality clients each business has. Mm. All right. Um, let's go into uh, hospitality, uh, South African hospitality. Uh, judging by how well things are going at Southern Sun, do you think shareholders can expect a dividend at year end? So they really came out with a great uh, set of results yesterday. Um, I was actually surprised that they didn't declare an interim dividend, but I guess coming from uh, the doldrums of COVID-19, you still want to be kind mm. of a little bit conservative and see how things also go during the festive season. Uh, they're saying that they're really well on their way to getting back to pre-pandemic, still um, a gap when it comes to international travel and business travel, but they're hoping for the best in the, in the, in the medium term. Uh, so do you think at your end that shareholders can expect a dividend? Um, not particularly. I think you've got to watch uh, one of their shareholders, Value Capital Partners, led by Sam Zitoli. I think he's also the chairman now. I think they, they are looking to drive value in the business more than trying to give shareholders um, capital, uh, uh, especially given the way hospitality has gone over the last three years and also recognizing that uh, there's a lot of people who still prefer hotels to Airbnb. So there's a lot of competition that still exists uh, and, and looking to make sure that their portfolio is well balanced and, and remains strong. So if you just look at those components, not knowing what the future will hold, I think there's wisdom in keeping some capital on board um, to make sure that when things do turn around or when things don't necessarily work out as the way they want, they've got the capital to, to sustain themselves. So yeah. I don't think it's light, likely. It's possible, but I think it's unlikely. Yeah. Talking about not knowing where what the future will hold, um, we don't know what the future will hold for consumers as long as we have all these headwinds in the macro economy. Um, yesterday, we had a quite a big disappointment when it comes to Mr. Price and usually a stock that is well-loved. Uh, but yesterday, going through some pain as they top line, uh, disappointed. We also had um, that homeware section also not doing as well. So, yeah, wh how are you thinking about Mr. Price right now with all the headwinds that the consumer is facing? Um, and considering that also they're mostly cash sales rather than credit. Yeah, I think that's the, ma the major issue, right? Uh, they, their business model is predicated on disposable income. Um, other retailers are, are predicated on future income. And I think either, either, either all will have some trouble going forward. 
um, because disposable income is by default shrinking based on the inflation rate. Um, so so it, it's harder and harder for the average person to spend more. And I think they are going to continue to face those headwinds going forward. Um, they might have to start looking more at a credit sort of um, environment, but it's unlikely uh, given the, the market they're targeting. But uh, I think it's a, it's, they, are, they are foretelling what's going to happen in the retail space going forward. Uh, it's going to be a very difficult thing to get people, one, to, who have access to credit because of, of the credit extension, and two, people who have the capital to spend on, uh, on, on goods and services, especially home, home goods from places like Mr. Price. So it's going to be uh, a difficult situation going forward for a bit. Yeah, and we saw that shift in the retailer now moving away from cash sales to credit when we saw those uh, good results from Lewis, of course, supported by their credit sales and saying that their cash-based business, UFO, actually struggled in the period. But let's get to your stock pick for today, Tammy. Ah, so my stock pick uh, from today is uh, Pepco. I think we we believe they, they are going to be put in the right place given given where the economy is going. They're going to take care of a lot of clients at the bottom end who, who will be looking for value and price. And I think they, they, are, pri- they are primed to make some good money going forward. Yeah, all right. Well, thank you very much for your time and for your analysis today, Tammy. Tamsanganeta from Shiloh Capital.